Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Another week, another podcast. Things are heating up in football. We've got basketball on the TV. While we're doing the podcast, there are some epic battles, including tonight, Gonzaga-UCLA, 43rd time, AP number one, number two have met in the regular season. NFL heating up, tons of parity. We don't have a whole lot of NFL on this week's uh, you know lineup for the pod, but I, I don't know really who's the best team, Arizona? I mean, the yeah. AFC is surprising the heck out of us with the Bills just got throttled by the Colts. They've lost some head scratchers. The Chiefs are coming on strong. Either way, tons of stuff to cover. Let's just go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Happy feast week to you all. Um, gobble, gobble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Um, basketball heating up. Football also on fire. Completely, fu- um, complete fire. Uh, but this week, I'll make it short and sweet. We touched on it a while back. Maybe, I think it might have been the summer. might have been spring. Whatever it was. Preseason and early season rankings, they don't mean anything, obviously. Um, they're for fun. They're for banter, for stuff like us to talk about. But, oh, my gosh, it's a joke because teams, you look at football, a team like Miami, they were supposed to be really good. Preseason top 20. Preseason top 15. They're 6-5 and five right now. Texas, preseason top 15. They're not good. They're not going to make a bowl six game. in a row. USC preseason ranked, they're not that good. Iowa State preseason ranked, they're six and five. I don't know, but it doesn't mean anything. Michigan, Michigan State, State not ranked. Picked to go three and nine or four and eight. They're nine and two, number twelve in the college football playoff rankings. Probably going to go ten and two. Doesn't mean anything. Indiana ranked really high, about to go two and ten. Basketball, Michigan, good team, but preseason top seven. They've lost two to two non or to do two non ranked teams in the last six days. Illinois, another team that was ranked really high, lost two games in non non ranked teams. North Carolina, bad team that was ranked high. Doesn't matter. Preseason rankings do not matter. Can't tell me they do. End of story. Yeah, we could definitely talk a lot about that. I think for football, it's come summertime. It's something to talk about, right? We're stretching because we're tired of talking about rosters and things like that, but I totally agree. Even for that matter, we've railed on the CFP rankings and how premature they are, and this week we'll talk about it in a couple minutes, but they actually kind of got it right, finally, after a few weeks of inexplicably bending their own rule and putting Michigan ahead of Michigan State, which we knew that would settle itself out, um, and it did last week in spades. My podium... The ass clown, for a lot of 
lack of a better terms, and probably Walmart, not actual good Michigan fans, but Walmart Wolverines out there clowning on Michigan State because, oh, Tucker, going to give him a 10-year, $95 million contract extension. Ha ha, you just absolutely got destroyed by Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you want to maybe look in the mirror? I believe your basketball head coach just got a huge contract extension and lost, like Ryan just said, not once but twice in a week to unranked teams. And, oh, by the way, one of them, Seton Hall, the first one, then was ranked this week and promptly turned around and lost to Ohio State yesterday. And you might want to just kind of shut up until you actually play Ohio State because I'm telling you that's the best team that I've seen this year because they're starting to play some defense and they have got an offense that is a juggernaut. My point with the podium, Michigan fans, shut up. Don't tell us that we're not your rival. Don't whine and complain that we're little brother, blah, 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 and then pull this crap on us and try to thump your chest. Check that schedule October 30th. You lost. Oh, by the way, that coach that we want to give a 10-year, $95 million contract extension to is 2-0 against you. Eat it. All right, Ryan, who are we going to tee up this week? I think this one's pretty easy. The easiest tee up I think we've had in our 49 episodes. Crazy. Um a guy that we've we've talked crap about, and and for and rightfully so, a guy that I used to have respect for and have no respect for anymore, and that is LeBron James. Yeah, and I'm going to give you two reasons. <laughs> Number one is pretty plainly obvious. If you pay any attention to the news, sports news, I try to stay away from ESPN. It's kind of hard just because they've got so much stuff going on, but ESPN, Fox, whatever the case may be, his cheap shot. And, by the way, only one game suspension against the Pistons' Isaiah Stewart. That The the um, announcers in the crowd, you could hear them audibly in the broadcast. They were worried that we were going to see Brawl, like the Malice, Malice at the, the Palace, Palace Part 2. Isaiah Stewart was hot, and rightfully, he's gushing blood out of his eye. He wants at LeBron. I mean, it's taken everybody to hold him back. He gets two games probably because he was just so animated and going back after LeBron. But really, your so-called spokesman for the sport gets one game for a cheap shot like that? Give me a break. I hope somebody takes him out at his knees. I don't usually hope that. I don't usually root for that. But he is such a clown. He is such a prima donna. He's now to the point where China stuff last year and let's beyond what's on the basketball court and his idiocy and what he gets away with, chiming in on the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing, completely uneducated. LeBron, go get a college degree. Watch the trial before you make a judgment and make that a racial issue. You're a freaking idiot on the court and off the court. Tee him up. Get him out of the NBA. Get him out of my face. Go to Siberia. Get out of here, LeBron. All right. We're a little fired up right out of the gate, but that's all right. We've got a good five spots of around the world. We're going to go three spots football, two spots basketball. A little difference in smack dab in the middle. Um, a little oh, different one we have been doing. Kind of back to maybe some of our summer roots there just to give us a little bit of something different and you something different than us just blabbing about what we saw in the games. But got to start with Big Ten football. Um, we'll just We'll just punch the elephant the in the room. Let's we'll rip her. You know, let's just address the elephant in the room. Ohio State absolutely destroyed Michigan State. 
um, Kristen, Mrs. Gam, mom, wife, she <laughs> sat there as I sat in Kenyon, Ohio at a swim meet, not too far from Columbus, and watched it on my phone and was like, I told you. Why did you think it was going to be close? I really did think Michigan State was going to put up a fight, maybe not defensively. I really got to say, I'm not too surprised that Ohio State hung 56 on Michigan State in the way that Stroud tore him up through the air. It's just, it's Michigan State's weakness, and it is what it is. You can complain and say it's the coaching, it's the scheme, and what. it's not. Michigan State just doesn't have the horses right now, and, and they're going to get there. And look, they made upgrades in the portal with what they've got, right, with, with what they've got out there. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of injuries right now. Brantley's arguably their best DB. He's out. You know, Henderson got hurt in the second half. Didn't really matter by that stretch in time. I think the biggest thing that got me was I really thought Michigan State would be able to at least, you know, hang within half of that distance because I figured they would get some offense going because the offense hasn't been an issue at all this year. You know, I thought Peyton Thorne was, albeit his numbers looked pretty inaccurate, he was poised. You know, he was under a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, I think that's a game where the offensive line got exposed, and the two biggest things, and, and Tucker addressed it in his press conference after, he said, look, we got blasted. we got to recruit, and that's what we're going to do. And I can tell you exactly where Michigan State needs to recruit. It's not quarterback. It's not wide receiver. It's not running back. It's not even really linebackers or D-line. I think we're solid there. It's the it's cornerbacks in particular because Darius Snow filled in nicely at safety. He had 16 tackles, and he's usually a nickelback. Uh, it's corners, and it's the offensive line. And that's where the rubber meets the road, and you see the difference between a Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama. We saw it in 2015 when Michigan State made the CFP. The difference in the O-lines and being able to keep Thorne clean and give him time to, to read his routes and hey, look, you know, Reed was t- was targeted 10 times in the first half. He only had two catches. He dropped the ball some. Walker couldn't get going. I heard on the CFP reveal tonight, this was the asinine um, statement. I got to go find it. So Joey Galloway, OSU homer, you know, boasting about, oh, you got to, and, and granted, Ohio State did have a really good defensive performance, boasting about, oh, look how far they've come. They held Walker, the best running back in America, which he is, should win the Doak Walker, hands down. Held him to 26 yards. Yeah, on five carries. And he didn't play in the second half because he was dinged up. You know, they weren't going to risk him. And, and hopefully he plays against Penn State. So, I just at bottom line is, it was disappointing. I've always kind of said I'd rather kind of get punched in the face and absolutely blasted and just kind of deal with your critics for a day or two than lose a heartbreaker. Um, Michigan State was overmatched. I thought we'd put up a better fight. We didn't. It is what it is. And now I'm just rooting for Ohio State to beat the snot out of Michigan this week. <laughs> yeah, second that, I mean, Ohio State is so impressive offensively. Um, three guys that are going to be first-round draft picks in the NFL eventually. Three probable 1,000-yard receivers um, to go along with a, a five-star true freshman running back that probably is going to end up being stud in the NFL as well. While going along with basically Justin Fields 2.0 now back there. And, Steve, Steve and an offensive line that gets away with an a lot line. of holds. They, they gets away They're with good, holds, though. But 12, 12 sacks allowed on the season. That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. And a defense that's kind of coming into their own, playing playing with some swagger. Um, crazy. I mean, they're just a, they're a great football team. Um, like you said, hopefully they put a whooping on Michigan this weekend and just put them out of their misery. And, um, and you know, speaking of Michigan, hey, to their credit, they – they didn't have any semblance of a stumble against Maryland. Maryland is not very good. Ryan and I have said that since day one. They're going to be a little bit better than our preseason prediction, which we'll have to readdress here in a couple of weeks. But 
Um, still, you knew that wasn't really going to be a game. They took care of business, set up a showdown this week. There's not really a whole lot to talk about there. I, a couple things, you know, Harbaugh kind of throwing it out there and, and running some trickeration and running some things late in the game that mm, did he really need to? Probably not. It's probably trying to send a message to the CFP committee, whatever. It didn't pay off for you. Blue pants. Used to be khaki pants, but you could see your poop stains. So we got to have your blue pants now. Sets up a, a great game for this week. We'll talk about that in the picks. But, you know, moving on, um, Ryan, was there anything else that really stood out and, and surprised you this uh, week in the Big no, Ten? You know what? No, I mean, same old, same old. Indiana's trash. Nebraska, same old, same Nebraska old. Nebraska another loss another, by a touchdown. Another single-digit loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just getting the it's, – it's it's like clockwork for them now. Um but uh, Indian is bad. They're really bad. Two and ten. They're looking at Purdue. Got the win against Purdue, Northwestern. Purdue got the win. They, they're looking pretty good. I mean, looking like eight and four um, is probably going to be their finish here. Clifford got hurt again for Penn State. See what happens. I think he's probably out on Saturday against Michigan State. They got a true freshman playing now, not the Roberson guy, not the lefty. Uh, Velo, I think, is his last name. Had a nice game a against decent, Rutgers. Yeah, decent, mm-hmm. decent second half. There. But with time to prepare, I think it's probably going to be a little bit different. Michigan yeah. State's going to be hungry after that. Um, Illinois hung tough without Bielema against Iowa. That that was impressive. Um, that, he's got them punching above their weight. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, they could be next year. They could be a bowl team. I think. Um, yeah. it's, he's a good recruiter. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing a good job there. He's definitely ahead of schedule. And I mean, that was really it. I mean, nothing else really crazy going on in the Big Ten. Same old, same old. But yeah, and you look in the. I mean, the races this week it comes down to. Um, three teams in the West and Michigan, Ohio State winner in the East. You know, in the West, it's really Wisconsin's to control. They win simply. I think they win, and maybe yeah. Iowa. Maybe Iowa needs to lose, but I'm pretty sure if Wisconsin wins, they're in um, because they they, they have yeah they have the tiebreaker yeah. on Iowa. Um, Minnesota can still get in if they win, and um, Iowa to lose. Though. Iowa, I believe, has to lose to Nebraska, or maybe it's Purdue. So I don't know. I I saw the tiebreakers the other day. They're they're a little crazy. Um, you know, we'll get into it when we do picks, but, you know, Wisconsin's got to be the easy money on that decision, and shocker, it's probably going to be an Ohio State-Wisconsin Big Ten championship game. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Uh, but, yeah, we got a good week of rivalry games in the Big Ten this week, and we'll get to those in the pick'em. So let's shift to spot number two, and we'll go, as we have been all college football season, to college football at large. A um, couple observations I had. So... Don't look now, but Oklahoma State is right there in the mix. I mean, they win this week in Bedlam. They win um, the Big 12 championship, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the committee between Cincinnati and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State, I heard today, they've given up one defensive touchdown in the last four games. Talk about impressive. So, you know, it would be really interesting to see what happens there. you got the Egg Bowl this week. That's going to be interesting. Alabama struggled with Arkansas last week. A lot of yards in that game and a lot of points for for both sides. I think Alabama's over 600 yards. Um, Arkansas was close to 500 yards. Not your typical Nick Saban Alabama, but there they are squarely at number three. You know, talking about CFP, you got Georgia one, not a surprise. Ohio State number two, deservingly, finally got Oregon out of there. That was... I picked in our picks last week, and we'll talk about that in our pick'em. But um, I picked Utah, and Utah won overwhelmingly. It wasn't quite the beatdown Michigan State took, but pretty dang close. Put the nail in the coffin on that one. Alabama slid to number three, which I think is fair because I still, 
if they lose to Georgia in the, assuming they beat Auburn this week, if they lose to Georgia in the pack or the SEC title game, they they can't be in it. No way as a two loss team. So I think three is the right spot for them. Cincinnati um, finally kind of sh- shut the critics up. They absolutely s- beat the snot out of SMU, who was you know prior to the second best team. Um, you know that sets up a date with ten and one Houston. Or potentially eleven and one Houston in the AAC championship game, so that that could be another good win for Cincinnati. I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, of course, there were upsets because there's always upsets, uh, in you know, in the top twenty-five. But just generally speaking, another great week of college football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do, you didn't touch on Dan Mullen, did you? Oh no! You know no. we we called that last we called week it. in the tee up. We said that he was going to be. Oh, he's out. He needed some boxes in his office and. Yeah. Gonzo after losing in overtime to Missouri, which that's not good. I mean, the SEC East, let's just face it. The SEC East is Georgia, Florida, and nobody else should be close. Tennessee fans would argue them, but they're right up there with Texas and Florida and USC as perennial frauds in my book. So you have no business losing to anybody else and then battling for Georgia for that spot in the SEC East title game. You don't have any business losing to South Carolina. You damn well don't have business losing to Vandy. You don't have business losing to Kentucky. You don't have business losing to Missouri. I mean, Mm. it's, yeah, you know, you can say, oh, well, you just last year was good. And his last, what, like, he started great last year, but in, like, the last nine, ten games, and he's 500. And that's not going to fly at a school like Florida. You look on Twitter, and and they have the picture, like, this literally changed Dan Mullen's career at Florida. It's the picture of the the guy from Florida throwing the LSU guy's shoe across the field in that Mm -hmm. fall game last December. That literally changed it because they lost that game, and ever since then, He's been horrible. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know he'll, he'll land a job. There's a lot of good jobs out there. Penn State, James Franklin's off the table because he's not going to go anywhere. I'm Tuck's going to be off the table once he signs his extension. He's not going to go anywhere. But you know, Mullen's going to go somewhere. He's a big time coach. Um, you know, maybe he just needed a change of scenery. He's taking a, taking a lot of heat for the way he recruits or doesn't recruit. Just, you know, dancing in the locker room like we talked about last week when you gave up 42 or 49 at the half to Samford, not Stanford. Um, yeah, college, I mean, there's so much. And this this compact window of mid-November to early December is phenomenal in the cap of the regular season is in a few weeks when Army plays Navy. I still think greatest rivalry in college football, no matter if they're both 0-11 or if they're both good. Um, but there are a ton of good games. I'm glad there's college football again on Thanksgiving Day. When I was a kid, the Lions played at noon, the Cowboys played at four, and then A&M and Texas played at night. Um, now that Texas is going to go to the SEC fraud that they are, they'll bring start playing again so we can bring back that one. But I love that the Egg Bowl, and I, man, I hope it's not a Mississippi State because I really don't want to listen to cowbells the whole damn game. But that'll be an interesting game. I mean, there's a lot of intrigue on the schedule this week, and and another reason why, you know, again, ESPN, they get the CFP out there and they roll it out there because it's something to talk about. But, hey, look, they speculate in basketball season who's going to be in, who's going to be out, Joe Lenardi. Get somebody like that to talk about it on the side. But let's not go through this whole song and dance of the rankings and whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter until and maybe if you want to do it after this weekend and then you kind of finalize it after 
championship weekend the next weekend. Okay, that's fine. Do it for two weeks. But the rest of this, all it is is just, I mean, it's podcast fodder, I guess. It gives gave us something to piss and moan about and talk about. Great. But um, I think it kind of, in a way, puts a little bit of a damper on people's feelings about college football and the playoff and stuff just because it just proves that you kind of have just idiots sitting there and making those decisions. Mm-hmm. And until they stretch it to eight or 12 teams when there's a little bit more margin for error, they're going to continue to look like idiots. So, all right. Moving on to spot number three, and we're going to keep it in football. But as you know, or if you recall, if you're a regular podcast listener, spot number three often for us, especially in the summer and in, in silly season or off season, is about Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore this, Mount Rushmore that. Well, this isn't quite Mount Rushmore, but Ryan came up with this great idea, and we're going to do it over the next couple of weeks, this week for football, next week for basketball. We're going to give you, from worst to first, the rank order of Big Ten football coaches as they stand today. I don't know if any of these oh, guys nice. will lose their job. I mean, there's always a chance somebody might shift or lose a job, but it doesn't look like anybody's going to get fired. So in our minds... This is kind of how we have it. And actually, it was a little harder than you'd think because there's a lot of, I would say there's a lot of good to pretty, pretty to, you know, good to like B, B plus, even A minus coaches in the in the Big Ten. But there really aren't any, a, there's maybe one A plus and some of that's just the juggernaut that he inherited and you can figure out who that is. But I think some coaches are rather overhyped for what they are and who they are. Um and others may be a little bit underhyped, but it'll be interesting to see what you guys think of these ratings. We'll yeah, we'll and, count them down. Ryan, you and, you start with the even numbers. You weigh yeah, in first. Yeah, and, and these these rankings, we we kind of did this last night. Kind of went back and forth. Um, based this is based off program, the stability of your program, recruiting, uh, being a CEO of your program, sustaining a program, all that good stuff. So this mm-hmm. is not just pure wins, winning big games, pure too. recruiting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a mix of a everything mix. that yeah. goes into. To football, um, and we'll start at 14. We believe the worst coach in the Big Ten, guy that I, I just don't know. He, I don't know how he has this job. It's because he was Alabama's offensive coordinator originally, where he was head coach at New Mexico. He was like three and thirty, and that's Mike Loxley, not a good coach. We have him as the worst in the Big Ten. Yeah, and real close to that, and a lot of people would maybe kind of at the beginning of the season would have like looked at us crosswise in this one, but it's Tom Allen from Indiana, like. They had a great year last year, but it was one of those perfect storms. You know, it was a COVID year, no fans. They, you know, they caught a call it a break, call it not a break, whatever against Penn State, and that really fueled their season. Um, but you know, they haven't beaten Ohio State in forever. You know, they haven't. They don't consistently beat the best teams. This year, they're going to go two and ten. I mean, there's no way they're going to win the old Oak and Bucket game. No, you know, and they had injuries. Penix got hurt, but you get if, through that. But if you're, yeah, you get through that, and if you're a good coach, you got next man up, right? Like you, you've you've got depth, and we know that we see it at Michigan State that you got to have good depth to compete with the top of the league. And you know, Indiana very well, very. They're never going to win the East, but they could. They should be a six and six, seven and five, maybe occasional eight and four type of team every year. I I think, you know, he's got the ELE. Everybody love everybody. Love it. People like him. I just am not, I'm just not sold on him. Um, I don't think his job is at risk just because they went 2-10 and 10 this year. There's other mitigating circumstances, but 
you know, if IU keeps going in hoops the way that they're starting off the season, they're going to be back to completely a basketball school, and people are going to forget the football program all over again, and we may be talking about a new coach in a couple of years. So, Allen, number 13. Number 12, um, a guy that I, we don't think he's he's not a bad coach, but he's not a good coach, uh, and that's Scott Frost. Um, just underachieved his, his time in Lincoln. Look at all the losses um, by a touchdown you know, or eight so points close, or less. You can't get over that hump. To me, that's really coaching. Can't. Yeah, I mean, it's finishing games. It's getting the most out of your players when when your back's against the wall. That's that's coaching. It really is. So at number 11, um, Jeff Brom from uh, Purdue. And again, this is where we're getting into. These, are, these guys are pretty decent coaches. They're not bad coaches by any stretch. These guys, like really 12 down to, to 6. You could argue positions could shift or even 5. Positions could easily shift on opinion. Um, you know, he's doing some nice things at Purdue this year. You know, they played three quarterbacks against Iowa. They came out and they punched Michigan State in the mouth and beat Michigan State. You know, so they've gotten two huge top five wins this year. Um, you know, they got blasted by Ohio State, but they're bowl eligible. I think that probably saved easily saved him his job. Um, he's had some exciting players like uh, Rondell White and Moore. Or Moore, sorry. I'm thinking of, I don't even know who I'm thinking about. <laughs> Rondell Moore, sorry. David Bell, um, you know, so he's had some guys, some dudes, and then, you know, he's got a guy that's being bantied about as maybe the number one overall pick in the draft at defensive end, you know, Carlitis. Um, But until Purdue can kind of consistently, same thing, right? You know, there's no reason with the kind of, eh, you know, preseason schedule they usually play that they shouldn't be winning six, seven games every year too, so... Um, we've got him at number 11. Uh, 10, a guy that I think he's a little overrated. I think he's a great motivator, but he's kind of too much for me. That's P.J. Fleck, row the damn boat. ski Uma, whatever the hell they do up in Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul area. But he's a good, decent coach. I mean, he's got Minnesota back to, to being a competitor. I don't, I don't know if he's a great coach, but I, think, I do think he's a good motivator. I think he's a... He's, he can do that for his players. It seems like his players like him, but I, I just, he just hasn't proved it um, consistently over time. He had the one good year at Western, which led him to Minnesota, and he's kind of been, you know, five and seven to nine and three, ten and two ish, back down to five hundred, back to seven and five. So we'll, losing we'll head scratchers like Bowling Green, right. losing losing game you, know. you shouldn't lose. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see because you used to hear the last couple of years, you always heard his name, his name with these loose jobs, jobs, but. I don't think that was in Feld, uh-huh. Feldman's 33 names to, to listen to for these big coaching jobs that are out there. So, number 10, P.J. Fleck. Number 9, and I think he could definitely move up this list, and if you ranked him on his time at Wisconsin, he'd probably be in the top five, and that's Brett Bielam. I, I mean, like Ryan said, he's whether it's smoke and mirrors or he's just pulled the right levers or whatever, he's done some nice stuff at Illinois this year. You know, they got Nebraska early when they were not expected to. They lost to UTSA, and we thought, oh, here we go. But UTSA is 11 or 0. You know, I mean, he's. They went on the road and they beat Penn State. They fought at Iowa. They've had injuries at quarterback. Um, You know, they've got two cast off transfers from other Big Ten schools playing quarterback. You know, he's going to get to his style, which is Wisconsin style ground and pound and good defense. You know, he's, he's a good recruiter. He'll have a good offensive line. I think give him a couple of years and Illinois will be competitive in the West. And partially because it's a lot easier to be competitive in the West. Like you could rise up and, and unseat a Wisconsin or, you know, like Iowa has once and Northwestern has once or twice. 
it's there for the picking way more so than the East. Um, and I think he'll get him there. And then, you know, in a few years, it'd be interesting to see if he still sits there at number nine. All right, Ryan, number eight. Yep. So number eight, um, a guy that just, you know, second stint at Rutgers, um, was pretty decent last year, punched above their weight this year. They've been about where we thought they would 500 ish, um, overall. That's Greg Schiano. Um, I think he's a good coach, good recruiter. Um, definitely seems like he his players are bought into what he's going for, which is good. I definitely think he's going to turn Rutgers around and make them, I, I mean, not a Big Ten East contender by any stretch. But I think they'll, they'll be competitive. They'll be a, a team that can win eight games year in and year out, you know, kind of get back to where they were um, 12, 13 years ago. And he's making some noise in recruiting. You know, Wisconsin used to go into New Jersey and yeah, pluck all the best running backs. And, you know, he, he grabbed a couple guys that were Michigan State verbals last year um an offensive line guy i think maybe or a running back one or the other um you know so i think he'll do nice things there i just don't it's like i mean talk about we talked about it before the big 10 should really trim back i mean Rutgers doesn't fit in the big 10 maryland doesn't fit in the big 10 i mean nebraska i guess they do but they really should still be in the big 12 go back to the 11 when we added Penn State. I I just I don't ever see Rutgers same thing in the East. Who who they're gonna beat out? They've got Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State ahead of them all the time. So you know, getting to bowl games is gonna have to be their kind of their measuring stick. And I think you know they very well should. Purely media, but yeah, I, it is. It's a media thing. It's the New York media. But I I say who in New York media really watches Rutgers football? I but no one. anyway. All right, so Shiano, number eight. Number seven, just signed a 10-year contract extension. And this is where you could definitely, you know, you could move guys around pieces and parts, but it's James Franklin. He's kind of underachieved in the last, he's kind of like Mullen in a way. In the last, you know, 10, 12 games, they, they had a bad season. Last year's hard to judge off of, but it, not a good season last year. What's he going to do if Clifford doesn't come back? Maybe this kid, this true freshman is going to be the answer. You know, they've had like a player or two or three that, you know, you see at the next level in the, in the NFL. My question right away, what, before, you, before you go, you have Saquon Barkley. That's a once-in-a-generation type mm-hmm. athlete. Miles Sanders, those are two guys that are starting running backs in the NFL playing What'd well. What'd you do with them, right? Um, and Trace McSorley was a really good college quarterback. They've had great receivers. They've also had, they had like three, they had Michael Parsons and Owudo or whatever for, mm-hmm. for the Ravens, both first-round picks last year. And they're still, I mean, Rose Bowl, and I think they went to the Cotton Bowl a few years ago. But, I mean, in the last, he's been there since 2014, and those are their two biggest years. Otherwise, it's been, you know, 9-3, nine, nine you know, 7-5 here and there. But with the recruiting that he's done, um, getting top 10 classes left and right, I, I don't get that. I really don't. Yeah, and, I mean, Penn State, like, there's nobody around. Yeah, okay, Pitt rises up once in a while in Pennsylvania. Certainly Ohio goes into, you know, Ohio State goes into Pennsylvania. Michigan goes into Pennsylvania, East Coast teams, whatever. But, you know, recruiting-wise, he does well. But, yeah, he doesn't – he can't get them over the hump. To me, they haven't won enough of the big games to where it matters and where they're making a difference. And, honestly, if you if you really look at the last decade, and he hasn't been there a decade, but you, you kind of have to go. It's Ohio State, it's Michigan State, and then it's Michigan, Michigan and Penn State, State kind of toss-up, right? Like – 
Neither of them has won the Big Ten championship because I think when Penn State went, they twenty sixteen they beat. Oh, they did win. They, they beat. They, they won beat Ohio State. The, yeah, they went to the Rose. Bowl. They went to the Rose Bowl, but it wasn't again. It wasn't a um, you know one of those seasons where they went to the CFP, so they weren't that good. So, Franklin, you know, could he be better? Yes. Is he? No. Speaking of which, number six. Number six, our good friend Jim Harbaugh. Severely overrated, in my opinion, I think, in a lot of people's eyes. Um, obviously, had his, his contract restructured this past offseason. Um, you know, I think it's Michigan. I mean, they expect a lot. They have nine, eight to nine wins built into their schedule every year just because they're Michigan and occasionally they'll have a bad year, you know, seven and five, then five and seven with Hoke. But if you really look at it, I mean, he's getting the same kind of recruiting class. I mean, his recruiting class is maybe a little... Michigan recruits itself. A little better or maybe even a little worse than Brady Hoke. And Brady Hoke, I mean, was he had the first year good, second year, eh, third year, eh, last year, terrible. I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's it's all... You're, you're going to get these guys no matter what. You're going to get four and five starts no matter what. But he's also had it. four or five decommits in the last couple of yeah, I just, five, six weeks. So and he... He's is his hand. His fingerprints are all over what when they lose. His fingerprints are all over it with the crap that he does. You know, against Michigan State, blowing a sixteen point lead, mm-hmm. playing two quarterbacks the whole game, yeah. just like it's just stupid stuff like that. I mean, you look at it, and on maybe all of his losses, there's all just stupid things that he's done. He's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. He hasn't had yet to take his own guy. McNamara's the closest to it if he stays, right? Because what one of those guys is going to leave? McCarty or McNamara is going to leave. Yeah. Um, yep. because they're they're not going to coexist. That's the problem when you don't let one guy win it out and make the second stringer be the second stringer and deal with it. You start to kind of tease him with, hey, you could play. Hey, you did some good things here and there. I'm not a fan of that. I would have hated to see that with um, Thorne and Russo this year from Michigan State. I think you have to have a clear win. I just, look, he can complain, and as I'm sure he still is to the refs about that, you know, some calls in the Michigan State-Michigan game. The bottom line is his decision-making led directly to a blown 16-point lead and that loss. Otherwise, you know, this game, they'd be probably in the, they'd probably be number three in the CFP, two versus three, you know, this Saturday. So Harbaugh, I would have argued he's probably even, I think he's vastly overrated, to be honest. I think Michigan recruits for itself. I don't care if I'm the coach there. I'm going to be able to recruit because it's the winged helmets, it's the maize and blue, it's the, the it's the aura, it's the big house, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he's weird. I, I, I mean, he's got some decent assistants around him, but he doesn't hang on to assistants. I don't know. I, I think that he's he's overrated and proven by the fact that he's only beaten bad Michigan State teams in his time, never and he's never beaten Ohio State, and that's going and that's gonna to continue this week. Um, so, yeah, he's number six. Number five, just to add fuel to the fire in the rivalry, we got Tucker. Yes, he's only been at Michigan State for, you know, a COVID season and then now almost a season. But look at the way that he runs his program. Listen to the way he talks. Listen to the way he engages with his alumni. You know, we had uh, my cousin Dave on for the special Michigan State-Michigan podcast, and and he talked about, you know, what Tucker does and what he's doing with the old Spartan dogs and bringing them back in. Um, the way he handles things for the players from a pro perspective. The way he recruits and uses the term relentless, but relentlessly. The way he worked the transfer portal. I mean, there's so many things that point to why he should only be shooting up this list. 
including he wins big games. I mean, Ohio State is the first really big game that Michigan State has had this year that they lost, let alone weren't competitive in. Last year, as a not a good team, beat Michigan and beat um, Northwestern, who were both highly ranked at the time. Beat Miami on the road this year when they were ranked, and they're bouncing back. You know, beat Michigan, obviously a top. They were ranked ahead of Michigan State at the time. You know, so I think he's got all the ingredients. Um, he's going to get the money. He's got a couple of billionaire backers that are putting a lot of money towards football, and he's got a Hall of Fame basketball coach that puts football ahead of himself in his own sport. And I think that's all stuff that helps Tucker. Um, and you can you can like him, you can dislike him, but do me a favor, even if you're not a Michigan State fan, just listen to him talk and picture, close your eyes and picture yourself being an 18 to 22-year-old football player and how that might resonate with you. And think of it as an alumnus like myself and his CEO approach and his mentality. I mean, he, you can tell he learned from Nick Saban and Nick Saban is bar none, the best college football coach of all time. So at five and probably climbing, you know, arguable again in five to 10, you could move guys around, but we got tuck. Yeah. Number four, Paul Christ, um, Wisconsin. He's done a really good job there. Um, you know, just a good CEO, good recruiter, recruits to their strengths. Um, I mean, they're always good. It doesn't matter. Um, this year, they're not even great, and they're still going to go 9-3 um, at least. So, yeah, we'll go with Chris. We don't really need to say much more. I mean, no. his work does does the talking there, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they won seven in a row. They've turned their turnover margin. They were minus nine the first three, four games. They're plus ten in the last seven. They're, they do it with ground and pound. He and Bielam are almost like mirror images of each other. He's consistent. Wisconsin's almost no easier division, but they're almost always in or a, definitely a contender for the Big Ten West. You know, he's definitely there. Um, number three, and the the top the top one was very clear to us. Two and three, we could easily interchange. But number three, we had Fitz from Northwestern. You know, he has his ups and downs. He has his roller coasters. It feels like you know, in in even years, he goes gangbusters and wins nine, ten, sometimes eleven games, and people are like whoa, where'd that come from? And then in odd years, he falls back to, to earth a little bit. They had some key injuries this year. Probably arguably their best player on both sides of the ball went out before their preseason opener or their season opener against Michigan State. But he's got longevity. You know, to recruit an academic juggernaut like Northwestern, the facilities that he's overseeing get, getting put in, you know, he's got some guys that are playing in the NFL, linemen especially, Um you know, Northwestern is one of those programs that they're never going to be a consistent nine, ten a game a year winner, but they can rise up every year or two and challenge for the Big Ten West, and that's pretty dang good for a program that in like the seventies and the eighties was the laughing stock of not only the Big Ten but but college football at large. For sure, uh, number two, Kirk Ferentz, um, the dean of Big Ten football. Um, I was another team. They go eight and four, nine and three every year. Maybe sneaking eleven and one. They I beat mean, Nebraska this week. They'll win ten games. They're just always consistent, and mm-hmm. they're always there, and they always have a pretty decent recruiting class. They always have good tight ends. They always have good offensive line, solid defense, clockwork. Yep, got up to number two this year. Um, you know, they kind of fell flat after that. Lost two games in a row, but. They're super competitive. They were in the Big Ten title game in 2015. Very easily could have won it and gone to the CFP that year and, you know, been the team that got 
you know, what on by Alabama in the, in the playoff that year, but um, just consistent, right? Like he had more of a, kind of the fits up and down early in his career at Iowa where he'd go nine and three, then he'd go three and nine, but he's as steady as they come. Eight wins is a bad season there. And I'm telling you, I mean, as a Michigan State fan until we got D'Antonio, and then once we got him and we were consistently winning seven, eight, nine games, that feels pretty dang good. And then when you can rise up and really have a special year and compete and get in the CFP or go to the Rose Bowl, you know, every five, six years too, hey, with a team like Ohio State in your conference, that's good enough for me. So Ference at number two. That leaves, of course, number one. Coach Ryan Day at Ohio State, I mean, he definitely inherited quite the juggernaut from his predecessor, but he clearly can recruit. I mean, I think, I believe Quinn Ewers, the the guy that skipped his senior year in high school to go to Ohio State and be the third stringer, he yeah. played against Michigan State a little in like one series at the end. I mean, the dude can recruit. He can coach offense. He, you know, he's kind of shown CEO mentality this year in the way that he kind of pulled the troops together after that Oregon game. And it took them a little while, but their defense is starting to kind of play better. Um, you know, it, it, Ohio State is by far and away the closest thing the Big Ten has to an SEC competitor on all levels. Um, and we're going to see it again this Saturday. We're going to see it again in Indy, and we're going to see it in the CFP. And the way they're playing right now, they have a, they as win. good a shot as anybody to win it because that's how good they are. Um, you know, he's not been around the block as long as some of these other guys, but dude wins. I don't think he's lost a regular season Big Ten game yet um, no, in his career at Ohio State. Never. So um, that's impressive. Yeah. So there you have it. That's our top 14 next week. I think um, unless something else changes, either next week or the week after, we'll give you our, our 14 to 1 uh, for the Big Ten for basketball coaches, which I think might have a little bit more wiggle room between 1 and 14. I don't, I don't think they're packed quite as closely as the Agreed. as Big Ten Agreed. football. All right, spot number four. Let's talk Big Ten, but let's talk hoops and shift over to hoops. Ben... A crazy week. Ryan, you go ahead and crazy. get started with yeah, some we'll, thoughts. We'll make it decent quick. Rutgers. Oh, dear God. Rutgers. Who'd they lose to? Yeah. Lafayette last night. Then Newsflash, too. Love them or hate them. Dickie V is in the house. Cancer treatments on the side oh, for yeah. Gonzaga UCLA. Good to see him back. Uh, so Rutgers lost last night to Lafayette. Um, they scored 48 points against Merrimack. I think it was last Monday. Barely beat Injit last yeah, Tuesday. And then, so who'd they lose to last week? They lost to someone bad. Uh they lost to DePaul, lost who, to DePaul, who has been a cellar dweller in the Big East for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Horrible. That's not good for Rutgers, who we thought would be a Big Ten, or I'm sorry, a tournament team. Ouch. Big Ten is kind of rough right now. Michigan went one and two last week. They beat UNLV, and that was closer than most expected. They lost to Seton Hall at home, blew a ten point second half lead, and got absolutely curb stomped by Arizona on on Sunday night uh, in Vegas. Um, Wow, they and they look rattled. They really did. The athleticism of Arizona and just the pure speed and length bothered them, and they looked like they didn't know what to do. They have three guys. It's a that that I would argue, and my buddy Dan and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. I would argue, and he brought up the point, and he's right, so that's why I'm arguing it on his behalf. Michigan really has three guys that might not start for a lot of the other good teams in the Big Ten. Um, now, they've got some players, but 
there's a reason Dickinson's back at seven one. He's not he's not that athletic. He's good, but he's not a game changer as a big guy. You know, are their freshmen going to be pretty good? Yeah, I think by March, you know, Michigan's going to be a different team than they are now. And hey, look, as Michigan State guys, we know, you know, the Michigan State you see in November is usually nothing, no semblance of what they are come February, March. So it's a long season. So we'll temper it with that. But I mean, when you watch them, Arizona just absolutely out, you know, outplayed them, had more hustle. They were way more athletic. You know, at point guard, which has been Michigan steady Eddie between Xavier um, Simpson, Simpson and then Smith. Smith last year, they're like a walking turnover this year. And Eli Brooks, I mean, he, yeah, he's he's good for Michigan, but he's not he's not he's not a guy on, that you right? want to be your guy. Mm-mm. He's not. He's, he's a role he's player. He's just not. And and you can't win on a big guy alone. You got to have inside outside game. I think Michigan. Would you say they were the other night one for nineteen or something like that? Or yeah, games? one for nineteen from three. From three. Um, um, yeah, but I mean, and the like to that point, the Big Ten. I mean, Maryland last week beat Hofstra by two. They lost to George Mason. Mason. Oh yeah, they look bad at, at home. Both almost, of those and they games. almost lost to GW a couple weeks ago. Right. I mean, you got. I'm just looking back at last week's schedule. Illinois since the last rough. time we talked. Lost they, to Mark. They lost, lost to Marquette, Marquette by they one. Lost last night. Got absolutely crushed by Cincinnati, who's not good. They their right. coach literally got fired for verbal abuse. Yeah. Right, um, and they have Kofi back, which is ridiculous. They won tonight, but it looks like Trent Frazier got hurt. Not good. Purdue, oh, that's a different story. Purdue, I think, Purdue is, is the upper, far and we, away. We said it in our previews. They're the absolute upper echelon of the Big Ten. That is a good basketball. When you have Travion Williams, who is arguably a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate, coming off the bench, that's how good you are. I mean, they are stacked, and they don't just play offense; they play defense. They, they play get hard. in your grill. They're Big Purdue's always big, but they've got like a five, six, twelve foot tall guys with thirty foot wingspan. I mean, it's ridiculous, and not big like gumpy, skinny big. Even Edie has come a long no, way. He's, he's he big. looks like a different player. Like they're big and they're skilled and they're wide. They're not just like stick big, like you know, a guy for Gonzaga, the unicorn for Gonzaga. You know, they're they're big, big. And their guards are big and they're thick and they're strong. And I mean, if ever there was a time this where, is the, where this Purdue is the fans should think, damn it, we better finally get to a, our first Final Four since what, like 1980, this is it. I mean, this is these, this team is more loaded than any team that Big Dog was on back in the early 90s. I kid you not, they won three Big Ten championships in a row when I was at Michigan State. Not, Michigan State finished a game out of, you know, out of, first three years in a row behind Purdue. This team is better than those teams. And, you know, it's crazy come March and crazy things happen. Happened to Purdue last year and they lost to North Texas. North Texas. But right now, it's not It's not even close. And yeah. and you're getting some stretch in the big, big Wisconsin 10. Wisconsin played I mean, well tonight, beat Houston. They lost to Providence last week, but yet, you know, they're playing well. They're in the Maui Finals against St. Mary's. St. Mary's yeah. just took care of Oregon. Wisconsin beat Houston today. Um, Ohio State lost to Xavier last week. Looked better against Seton Hall. They're going to be a good team. They'll mm-hmm. just got to figure it out. Northwestern looks okay. Lost last night to to Providence, but they look good. I mean, they've got the very, pretty much the same squad as last year. Nebraska's bad. I was not. Keegan Murray is playing great. Um, if you if you didn't know that. Um, he had a game the other day where he had 25 points, 21 rebounds. That is huge. Um, he's, he's a good player. Um, Indiana's playing well. They haven't really Indiana played anybody playing of well. late, but yeah. 
Purdue, I mean, team of the week for sure. They they beat um, North Carolina, then they beat Villanova. I mean, those are two quality wins. Even if North Carolina is a little bit overrated, those are quality, quality wins. And a lot of big games coming up this week. Yeah, you know, I mean, week tournaments. Yeah, yeah, all the stuff. Huge. We talked through some of the games that happened yesterday. Michigan State goes and plays the battle for Atlantis. You know, they went 2-0 last week. They're, they're starting to look a little bit better, but they're going to have some good competition this week. We'll see how they do. Um, play Loyola and the Fighting Sister Jeans tomorrow at noon. Uh, you know, Michigan, who, I think they'll probably be safe against Tarleton State tomorrow. I don't even know who the heck that is. Um, Ohio State plays Florida in, I believe, probably their tournament final yep. down in Fort Myers. So that'll that'll be, be a good, one. good rematch of what, the 09, 08, 09? That was, that was 07. 07. Yeah, Joe Kim Noah, Florida, back-to-back champions. Odin against Odin. Yeah, Joe Kim and um, Brewer. Yeah, so lots of good things on the docket. You know, I'm looking further ahead. Penn State's playing like they're trash. Bad. They're not very good. They don't. I mean, they're playing LSU LSU's this week. Good. LSU's good. Yeah, you know, good. so it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's still early. That's the love of basketball is you can you can get a loss in basketball and it doesn't hurt you. Now, if you pile up five six in a row and you start losing to teams you shouldn't lose to, that's a whole other story. But um, I think we're definitely seeing a little bit of separation. We're seeing. Some schools and teams like Wisconsin doing Wisconsin things, winning some games that maybe they shouldn't, um, gelling together and and maybe you know trying to serve notice to the rest of the Big Ten that they're going to be a thorn in people's side. So always, it'll be interesting to see always. how that goes. So shifting to spot number five, um, college basketball at large. I think right now you know you talk about the preseason rankings and how they don't matter. I do think in college basketball the top five is they're by far the best teams. I mean, you you got Gonzaga 1, UCLA 2. They're just about to tip off. You've got, and, you know, hopefully a rematch that's even close to the epic Final Four game they played last year. You've got Dukes in there in the in the 5. I mean, their freshmen Kansas, don't look like freshmen. Purdue. Kansas looked really good against Michigan State. Purdue's in there. That's your top 5. Nobody, in my mind, beyond that is even close. You could take 6 through 25 and don't even show them. I couldn't even tell you who they are at this point in time, honestly. And that's not to say they're not going to be some upsets. I mean, Gonzaga plays UCLA and Duke this week. Good for them. Um, and great for college basketball, by the way. You know, try to steal a little bit of thunder from college football. But it's fun watching these Feast Week tournaments. It's kind of a shame not to see the Maui being played in Maui. It's, I think there's like two or three things going on at one time in yeah, Vegas this week. Right now. Um but, yeah, some fun stuff, plenty to watch, especially if you don't want to sit and watch the Lions lose another Thanksgiving giving day game or or you fall asleep during the Cowboys game like I always have. I don't even know who are they playing. Uh, Raiders. Oh, well, that'll be decent. Could be a decent game. They really just – that just needs to be locked in as Lions, Bears, and Cowboys, Redskins, I think, every year on Thanksgiving. If you're going to keep those teams in there. I They added the third game, the night game. Get rid of that. Let that be college football. Let that be next year, Texas, Texas A&M. Let that be the Egg Bowl or whatever. But yeah, anything else for college basketball? No, just just uh, so happy it's back. Love the upsets, and it's going to get crazy. You know, and it's just the beginning. We're only two weeks in. Yeah, I mean, already next week we got the ACC Big Ten Challenge too, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. so well, we'll talk about. We forgot to talk about the Big Ten thing. The Big Ten got absolutely dominated by the the Big East and the Gavit games. Yeah, Not minus really Michigan State, Michigan State was Indiana the only ones. Were the only ones only two win. that held yeah. the banner. So how will they do against the ACC? I don't know. We'll find out. 
All right, let's go as we've been doing as well this season. Sometimes it floats into spot number five, but this week it is our overtime session, and that is pick 'em. Ryan, how are we doing? What's going on uh, this week? Yep, you, you and I, uh, you, I've got a one game lead on you. Close going, round last week, yeah, baby. Uh, I went ten and two. You went eleven and one. The one that um, the ones we got I got wrong was Oregon um, and Utah. I got that one wrong. I got the Cowboys wrong, and we both. Uh yeah no wait, wait. I think I got two no you got, I, I, I I did got that wrong no, you went twelve and why did I think you went we're tied we're tied I yeah, baby. I screwed up we're tied I lay, we in, want the, it. I lay in the weeds and then strike at the end going into the last week sometimes it lets your little brother get the lead <laughs> okay Shut my cart uh, <laughs> week thirteen um when or I'm sorry Friday Iowa and Nebraska take or I'm sorry, what are his name is Adrian Martinez is out. Nebraska has no chance in this. Game. Nebraska's like only a one and a half point dog. I don't no. know if Vegas has figured out that he's not in. No way. No way. I mean if he's a walking turnover in the Big Ten and, and he's not gonna play, I mean, unless they've got a miracle on the bench that they should have found earlier. I agree. Iowa. Iowa wins that gets to ten wins and they kind of you know, hold their breath on Saturday and and hope they can back their way into the Big Ten title game. The game, Ohio State-Michigan. Um, I'm going to go out and just say it. Ohio State's going to win this game 44-14. to They're going to absolutely smash Michigan at home. The crowd's going to leave early. It's not going to be fair. Uh, I Put mean, them out. Eight and a half points. Ohio State is, is, has, has not lost to Michigan, or has not lost to Michigan in what, like since, since 2011, and, and before they, that it was 2004. They or beat them by double digits on average, uh, you know, in this whole stretch. And and arguably better Harbaugh teams have fared horribly against arguably not as good Ohio State teams. I mean, it's hard to say not as good Ohio State teams because they've been a juggernaut for a while, but. I agree. I mean, I think Michigan's going to keep it a game. I think, you know, they're going to jump out early. People are going to be, you know, they may even get get up 10 nothing, and they're going to be like, yeah, yeah. And then, then Ohio State's going to pull the Mike Hart little brother on them. And I agree. I just think that, you know, while Michigan's defense is arguably better than Michigan State's, certainly, I mean, they're second. But their secondary is not that much better. I mean, they're, they're, they don't give us a, up as many yards, but... You know, they've got a good pass rush, but Ohio State's got a line that can contend with that because Michigan State has a good pass rush. Michigan State doesn't sack the quarterback as much this year, but they're one of the best teams in the country with quarterback pressures. Now, albeit one of my buddies pointed out, that's also because teams throw the ball more on us than any team. Michigan State gets the ball thrown on them more than any team in, in FBS, but... That said, I think that's going to keep Michigan in the game. I think they're going to be keyed up early. I think it's a game for maybe even a half, but I think Ohio State's just going to overwhelm them. They're going to wake up. They're going to kick it into gear. I just Michigan does not have three DBs that can cover. Pick your poison. Which who, who which safety you're going to you're going to roll your safety route. to to you know double team Olave then you know Smith and Jimbo is going to take you. You know you're going to roll your safeties and you're going to. You're going to pre- play press man coverage, or you're going to keep your safeties back to try to you know make Stroud beat you. They're going to hand it off, and Travion Williams is going to go. Henderson. Henderson, man, I'm getting my basketball and football players mixed up. Henderson's going to go ape, you know what, on you. So I agree. I don't know if it'll be quite thirty. I think Ohio State doubles that cover, though. I think it's it's probably like a forty-one to twenty-one type of game. I think it's probably like. 
you know, it might even be like 21-14 or 21-10 Michigan at the half, but I think Ohio State's going to throttle them in the second half. And and we'll see, does Harbaugh keep his job for being over against Ohio State and not being able to win, again, a big game? Right. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maryland, Rutgers, uh, to go to a bowl game. Uh, I'm going Rutgers here. I think that they're better defensively. Um, Are they both sitting at five wins? Yeah, five and Ooh, six. This is, yeah, this is your play-in game for a bowl game. Speaking of play-in game, I wish the Big Ten would institute, go back to eight league games, play maybe four non-conference or play three non-conference and then institute kind of a rolling matchup game, like East against West, like they were going to last year you yeah, know, during COVID. Cool. That'd be kind of cool because then you might have some situations like this where, you know, this just happens to be the the chance. Who'd you take, Maryland? Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers, yeah. Yeah. Maryland. Uh, yeah. It's at Rutgers. I think Shiano has just in, got things in better shape. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go with Rutgers. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State, the bet for the greatest trophy in college football, the Land Grant Trophy. Um, <laughs> Penn State's banged, banged up. Michigan State's got something to prove. It's senior day. Um, Michigan State's going to get the dub here. Yeah, I think so too. We're watching Dickie V's and he's in tears. Or you know, probably get a chance to be back in person calling calling college basketball. Love him or hate him, annoyed by him or not, he is. He's been a cornerstone of college hoops, especially on ESPN since the early '80s, and uh, it's it's good to see him back, um, especially when he's fighting something that he fights so adamantly for for kids who have cancer but mm-hmm. uh back to back to football what was the game again? michigan state penn state. michigan state penn state, of course uh you know michigan state's dinged right like reed was in a boot on the sideline in the second half will he play naylor is in a cast probably not gonna play Barrow has been out since he got kicked out of the purdue game don't know assume he's hurt uh, Horst, we have no idea. It's you know medical. Tucker doesn't talk about injuries even less than D'Antonio. Will he be back? Um, who else am I missing? Henderson. He said he had a stinger, so he'll be back. You know, Crouch is playing with a knee brace. He's clearly not who, who he's been. I give him credit for trying to fight through it and play. Penn State's fighting the injury bug though too. And the thing is, is at this time of the year, injuries happen, right? So. I do. I hope the home crowd shows out. Last week, I know I I talked about that in my podium. It's going to be chilly, but it's going to be sunny. It's the last chance to tailgate. It's a chance to get to ten wins. It's a chance to get to New Year's New Year's six game. It's a critical game for Michigan State to win. This is the difference. A win here is the difference for Michigan State between something like the Fiesta Bowl and the Citrus and the Citrus Bowl. And hey, both are great. Going to Tempe or going to um, you know Orlando, but. Hey, if you're Michigan State and you want to continue to build and you want to flip some of these four- and five-star recruits, like especially the mammoth offensive lineman that right now is committed to Kentucky, these are the games you got to find a way to win. And if Ohio and if Penn State doesn't have Clifford, especially they have an eh running game, I think Dotson could probably absolutely... He might have 400 in the season. He might shred them, but if we can get to their, you know, their rookie quarterback... I think Michigan State wins this one. Then what's the spread's like a half, one and a half. Michigan yeah, State's actually at the dog. I think Michigan State wins this game. We're going to go uh, twenty-seven to twenty. Like it. Uh, battle of the the great state of Illinois, the Lincoln State, uh, Northwestern Illinois. Northwestern is it for both of them? I think Illinois is going to get the win here. I, I'm feeling confident in them. 
Yeah, I mean, Illinois definitely is probably sitting more where we, you know, we had Northwestern pegged to have a winning season, like 7-5-ish. and five-ish. Um, I think if I look back at our preseason picks, um, it is at Illinois. Illinois, neither team's going to go to a bowl game, so this is it. Senior day, I, you know, I think Illinois is going to get it done. I think they want to they want to end the season on a high note, get a couple of good recruits, and continue that building momentum. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Illinois. Purdue... Indiana. Uh, old I, Oak and Bucket, baby. Old Oak and Bucket. Purdue's going to smoke them. Purdue has owned Indiana the last several years in basketball. The football's been a little bit closer. It's a little bit more back and forth. I just, I mean, unless a miracle happens, I just don't see Indiana having enough in the tank. I, I think they've kind of they've sent it in on the season. Down. It's at Purdue. Purdue's going to roll in this game. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, battle for Paul Bunyan's axe, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's probably the hottest team in the Big Ten, aside from Ohio State right now. I'm going Badgers. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, I, I could see Minnesota pulling an upset, but Wisconsin is just pounding the heck out of the rock. They're playing great defense. Minnesota can struggle to score at times. They're on their fourth or fifth string running back. I think Wisconsin goes and gets that win. Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, Thanksgiving night. Uh, I'm going with the Rebs. Yeah, this is a low spread, too. It's like one and a half or so. Um, Mississippi State's had some moments this year, but I think uh, Ole Miss takes this game. Bedlam, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, they are playing great football right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball, where defense usually is optional in the uh, yeah. in the Big 12, and they're, they're proven wrong, and so is Baylor, um, which I think is going to end up being the championship game here. Oklahoma State, Baylor. Oklahoma State gets the dub. Yeah, I mean, I think Caleb Williams showed a couple weeks ago that he is a human. He is still a freshman. He does some great things. Like last week, he did some great things against Iowa State in a tight game. Oklahoma, arguably at the beginning of the year, would have been the team to beat in the Big 12. Um, I think Oklahoma State wants to give them a little bit of a going away gift. To Not that they're leaving right away for the SEC, but just to give them one last punch in the mouth. I'm going with the Cowboys as well. The Civil War, I don't care if you say it shouldn't be called that. It's the Civil War. Oregon State, Oregon. For the Pac-12 For the North, Pac-12 right? North. Oregon State at 7-4. Oregon at what, 9-2. Um, I'm going with the Beavs. Upset here. Oregon State pulls off the upset over Oregon. Oregon's kind of, they're kind of beaten down. They, they had some injuries. C.J. Verdell, they're running back. They haven't been the same offensively. Last week they looked horrible mm-hmm. um, offensively. I think it continues. Oregon State gets the upset here and goes to Las Vegas for the championship at Allegiant Stadium. I gotta, I gotta take the lead on you. I'm gonna go with Oregon. I think that they're gonna get the bounce back. Um, you wonder, Cristobal, does he stay in Oregon? I mean, he's done some great things with recruiting, but does he stay? Does he go? It'll be interesting to see what his name's tied to. Yeah, it should be interesting. Thanksgiving, Lions, Bears. The Lions have been right there in almost every game. Really? Except they've for really the Eagles and maybe another one. They've been Bengals, right there. Yeah, Bengals, Eagles. They have two. been right there the last couple weeks. Um, the Bears, Fields probably isn't going to play. It's going to be the Dud Bowl, Andy Dalton versus Tim Boyle or Jared Goff. <laughs> Make sure you take your nap during that game. Uh, probably 6-3 final. This is the one where the Lions get their only win in the season right here. They get their only one. Oh, see, the last time I picked that, I got burned on it. I just 
the Lions will find a way to lose. I'm going. I'm going with the Bears. Cowboys Raiders um, at Jerry World. Cowboys look like trash last week, but I I, I think they're going to get the win. Yeah, two of the last three weeks, they haven't played yeah, very well. They're going to win though. Yeah. The Raiders, no, nah, they're not very good. Unless Leon Lett appears and makes a boneheaded play in a snowy Texas stadium, like happened one time on. On uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, I agree. Cowboys get the win. Raiders are a hot mess. Two huge games, really, in the grand scheme of things, for in playoff playoff implications um, and seeding wise, coming up uh, on on Sunday. Uh, Packers Rams four twenty five America's game of the week. Ooh, I, I don't know. This is I went back and forth on this one. The Rams have kind of stumbled as of late. I think they bounced back after the bye week. Stafford's gonna have a big day. He hates the Packers. Rogers, he's played well against the Packers too. Rogers, a little ding too. I think. Yeah, isn't he? I, yeah, he is, he's been questionable the last couple of weeks. They're kind of banged. I think they get the dub. Yeah, Rams. I'm gonna go Rams as well. I still think that another they're... and then another huge game in the AFC: Patriots Titans. The Patriots find themselves atop the NFC. Or I'm sorry, the AFC East. Oh. Um, crazy with a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones who's playing pretty freaking well. And the Titans go out and beat teams they shouldn't beat and they lose to the worst teams in the NFL. They're not the same without Hannah. Another one, pick them. I'm going Pats. Their defense is better. Where is it? I I don't... Do you want me to look real quick? No, that's okay. I'm going to go Titans. I think they're going to bounce back. Okay. That's it for this week. All right, We're over an hour because we had lots of great stuff to talk about, so... Thanks for sticking with us. Let's end as we always do with our sprint, all holiday style. Ryan, number one, best part of the Thanksgiving meal? The the sides, obviously. Sides. What's your favorite? Uh, probably stuffing. Stuffing. Nice. Two, should the Lions continue to always play on Thanksgiving? They have been yes, since, what, yes, like 1936? They should because it's just a joke. It's, it's Everyone <laughs>, laughs at it. It's a tradition. Um... More overrated right now, Michigan hoops or Michigan football? Mm, that's tough. I'm going to go Michigan football. They always have. And I think their basketball teams would be fine. I'd... And last but not least, favorite planes, trains, and automobiles character? Oh, it's got to be Del Griffith. No, no, no doubt. <laughs> For sure. All right, best part of the Thanksgiving meal? I'm going to go with... The day after cream leftovers. turkey leftovers. I'm the only one in the fam that likes it. Love it. Could eat it Friday, Saturday, but we're doing chicken steak fajitas at the Michigan State tailgate, so we're going to get off Thanksgiving on Saturday for tailgate. But, yeah, the leftovers, that's my favorite part. Should the Lions continue to play? Yes. Lions and Cowboys should be a mainstay. Get rid of that 8 o'clock game. They've been there. It's tradition. Keep them there. More overrated right now. i got to go Michigan hoops. But I think we're going to see Michigan football come back to earth. I, again, I think they're going to keep it competitive for a half, but I think at the end of the day, they're just going to be another victim, and Ohio State is going to absolutely waltz into the CFP yet again. And favorite planes, trains, and automobiles character. Man, there's so many great ancillary characters, of course, too. Um, you could go shower curtain, you know, Owen, the guy that picks him up in the truck. you <laughs> shower curtain fellow. But yeah, you got to go Doug Griffith. I mean, John Candy is just epic he's he's an everyday guy he's somebody that you've traveled with or next to in your life as a businessman Ryan to run into this Del Griffith for sure all right wrap us up Ryan yep uh follow us on Twitter at the final score 35 uh appreciate you guys listening um yeah keep giving us stuff have a great Thanksgiving we appreciate you guys yeah last shout out to to our presenting sponsor team Andrews Realty 
If you're in West Michigan and you have realty needs, go to teamanders.com to fulfill those needs. Shout out to Jim and Donna and team. Meantime, as Neil Page said, let me close this conversation by saying you are one unique individual.